0: Yo, what's up, guys? This is Dave with Dynasty Dorks. We're a year-round fantasy football podcast, and we do Dynasty and Redraft content. Thanks for the follow.
1: Good luck to week.
0: What's going on guys? It's two weeks before the NFL draft and we're going to talk about some rookie wide receivers. I brought two of the best on. John, let's start with you. First time on the show. Thanks for coming on.
1: Well, thanks for inviting me Dave. Dave, I followed you for a long time now on Twitter. So it's a pleasure to finally chat, meet with you and let's talk rookie wide receivers.
0: Absolutely. Where can we find your work, John? And what do you got going on right now?
1: Sure. Um, Twitter is the easiest way to follow me, to communicate with me. Skull 91 I couldn't afford the A and the R when I signed up, so it's Skull 91 And then all my written stuff for the ninth year is on footballdiehards.com. And, or you could go to see my video profiles with my teammate Matt Hicks on the Rookie Big Board channel on YouTube.
0: All right. Well, there's your shout-out to Matt Hicks and Jake He's definitely been on the show a couple of times, so welcome back, man.
2: Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm going to be honest, John. I thought it was Gridiron uh, School. I didn't know that was a scholar there. I like that, though.
1: <laughs> I couldn't afford the AR. <laughs> All right,
0: so Jake, where can we find your
1: work?
2: Oh, I'm doing some work right now with Dynasty Nerds um, and still with Yards Per. I mainly have been uh, putting a lot of my own content out right now. I'm pretty focused on Rookie rankings, um, comps. I've been doing a lot of rookie work. It's been a lot of a lot of fun this offseason. But you can find me on Twitter at dynasty underscore jake. All my content you can access there.
0: All right. Well, make sure you give both these guys a follow and make sure you subscribe to the show. Are we doing a lot of mocks and a lot of stuff all off season? And again, it's two weeks before the draft. Uh, the the invite list only twenty one players are going to the NFL draft. And just a quick uh, quick thing about that. Um, Brees Hall, no running backs. They're going to the uh, going to the Vegas, it sounds like. Um, do you guys think there's going to be a running back in the first round? John, go first.
1: I do think we'll be surprised with one running back. I would assume it'll be Brees Hall, but don't be surprised if Kenneth Walker goes ahead of him. I think there's NFL teams who have Walker higher on their draft boards than Brees Hall. Jake?
2: Um, I, I just don't see it happening. Um it seems like the running back positions, I don't want to say, I'll, I'll say the value of the position in the NFL has devalued. And I, I just don't think they're going to be spending a first round pick. And, and I, I have Brees Hall as a, uh, dang near generational talent. I don't think he goes in the first. It just kind of shows like how the position, um, has just become less valued.
0: Yeah. Oh, when you got guys like Jonathan Taylor going in the second round, it's, it's just, crazy. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So, um, Let's let's talk rookies. So let's start off with our consensus. Number one, John and I, we smashed our, our, our rankings together and we came out with the consensus. And uh, our, our number one is Garrett Wilson. Uh, I don't think that's a huge surprise to a lot of people. It's not everyone's one, um, but he's kind of the shock the one, you know, wide receiver one right okay. now. Uh, John, let's talk a little bit about Garrett Wilson and why he's your number one.
1: First is his ability to separate. When I went back to the film and I had studied him a lot last summer. And then during, throughout the year, I played Dynasty in college fantasy football, Debbie. So I was really watching other players on Ohio State, C.J. Stroud, T- Trevion Henderson, the running back, the freshman. So I went back in January and broke down Garrett Wilson's tape again. I was blown away. He is an unbelievable separator. His acceleration off the line of scrimmage. Now, I know some of the separation— is the scheme that Ohio State runs. It's such a good offensive scheme with so many weapons. I get that. But there's one thing that amazed me the more I watch film with him. He gets what I call second-level separation. I can't remember watching a player so open four or five yards deep down the field on a regular basis. He's not open by a yard or two. There's – you can see – there's not even defenders in the tape at times. He's crazy second-level separation. I think he has the highest floor. He may not have the highest highest ceiling, but I'll take 1,200 yards and double-digit touchdowns all, all season long. I love him.
0: Jake, what are your thoughts about Garrett, Garrett Wilson?
2: Um, First off, John, I love your energy, man. Jeez,
0: ah. I need some of that.
2: <laughs> That's good stuff. Um, I like Garrett Wilson a lot, so I'm, I'm going to keep things vague. I have people who are, have paid for rankings this year, so I don't want to explicitly state guys that I haven't really published. Uh, Garrett Wilson's one of them, so I want to get into details. But um, I've done comps for Garrett Wilson already, and I actually agree with um, – so I'm not a film guy. I, I strictly do data net, uh, analytics. And so for me, the, the, the metrics that I focus on that have had historical correlation of fantasy points, that's early declare. Versus senior declares, early declares more predictive. Now, again, this is just strictly an interpretation of historical data. Um, I use career average receptions per team pass attempt. And then I do draft capital, right? So when you look at all that, uh, Garrett Wilson scores really well. Um, And I actually have, it's funny you talk about this floor. And I I completely agree with the floor and ceiling. I don't think his ceiling is as high as some other guys. But I think he has a really good floor. And I actually have him comp to Brandon Cooks.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. They very similar
2: they're size they're and production. Uh are Brandon
1: cooks all day long, bro. Yeah.
0: yeah, It's yeah. a good comp. I, I love that. You know, a lot of people, they go to Stefan Diggs and comps are always fun because people, they hate when you say, well, this guy's Stefan Diggs, now how come he's not the number one pick? Well, that's, we're not predicting his player arc. We're just saying this is what he, you know, this is what he is as a, as a prospect.
2: Kind of I mean, like you know, a range of outcomes team. is, is yeah. what a lot of people use it as, but Here's the thing, like um, there's always gonna be like a player who like misses. Like, if I gave you like all the comps for for um for Garrett Wilson, there's gonna be like two dudes who are just like, all right, that guy didn't paint out, but they were a really good process, like yep. that's what people forget. So um I, I really think he's a very safe floor. He's a guy that I feel very confident drafting early. I'll say that.
0: All right, and then our, our second guy was Jamison Williams. And and I'll start out, I was the high I was the higher one on Jameson Williams. And for me, it, it came down to speed. I feel like without the injury that he would be up there with, with Garrett Wilson uh, as the, the potential number one receiver on you know a lot of boards. Um, obviously, anytime you get an SEC receiver, you're looking at a big talent that's played against NFL type of defenses with really high level of competition. And his second level speed, when he's switching through gears and he's changing speeds, it's it's different than the rest of the guys in this class, and NFL offenses and NFL teams they love they love guys that can separate. They love guys that can have that have the speed. You cannot teach speed, and every single team wants one of these guys. And when you combine them with someone that has a route running and all the other all the other things that come with Jamison Williams, you're you're going to be a big fan. And uh, John, what are your what are your thoughts about Jamison Williams?
1: I really like Jamison Williams, and if he didn't have the ACL injury, and we're probably looking at missing at least the first month, possibly six weeks, I would probably even have him higher. But I do have the factor in the injury. And just on a side note, do you know one year ago today, if we were recording this show, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, And Jackson and Jigboo Smith were all at Ohio State. That's crazy, the talent that was at Ohio State. And for Williams to have to go to Alabama to become a rock star and lead guitarist is unbelievable. And I'll never forget, I think it was a 92-yard touchdown against Miami. And it was like at the start of the third quarter, Bryce Young hit him 40 yards down the field, and Jamison Williams just – Blew by everyone in the Miami secondary. I immediately went online. You know, I'm watching with my iPad. I had to look him up. I had to start doing some research. Wrote him in my college fantasy football waiver wire. You got to pick this guy up. He, he was unbelievable. And the other thing I'll say, when he left that game against Georgia, it was over for Alabama. They had lost Mechie. So at least with Williams on the field, they had a fighting chance against the Bulldogs. You watch that game without Williams on the field. Bryce Young, the Heisman winner, looked terrible. They could not throw the football. Jameson Williams is a difference maker. He's what the Raiders thought Henry Ruggs was going to be. I was never high on Ruggs. I had him number five in that draft. I don't have him in one dynasty league. Jameson Williams is much better than Henry Ruggs. He's going to be a star. And I find this fascinating. He might drop to a better team because the teams in the beginning of the draft want instant impact. He might fall to a team that can wait a year. You know, so maybe he comes on the field week eight. That's better for him. Let him get healthy. Let him really become a star in 2023. So Williams might benefit from falling down the board a little bit. But I love that speed, man.
0: And he is so good
2: with the hands, Jake. I'm just still blown away by John's energy. I love it, and it's also it's it's solid because like you bring a very different perspective. Like I watch film on guys, but I pretty much throw away all the film that I watch because I just think that my process with my data is better. But you bring a very good perspective, and so like I'll counter a few points that you're bringing up. Um, so so for any player generally speaking you can build a narrative right so obviously james williams had elite internal competition no doubt about it right but historically speaking i measure career averages i measure career best i measure career last and of those three metrics the most predictive is career average so the fact that he didn't get it done as early is just alarming but it makes sense like i, I understand the narrative um but for me, I just, like, I, tr- I try and stay away from narratives because you can deal with anybody. Like, KW3, the passing game, there's so many narratives on that, and I love it. Uh, but but I for me, I just don't. I try and avoid building them for at least first-round talent. For my first-round talent, I want guys that I feel like are safe floors. But his early declare, his draft capital is going to be so good. It's just yeah. that the fact that it's career average versus that career best just holds him back a little bit in my model. So I'm not as high on you guys. I'm not as high as you guys on him. But I've seen – I mean, i watched him play. The dude's got talent. It's just, for me, I see safer picks.
1: I can just say two stats that I like about him. And, obviously, I'm not – I'm both. I kind of balance and I have – Sure, sure. 19.6 yards a catch is mm-hmm. just ridiculous in college. At Alabama, in the SEC West. And I'm a bias – I'm not an SEC guy. But the talent down there is absolutely Insanity. And then he had a 31% Team Aerial Dominator at Alabama. Team Aerial he Dominator.
2: Cool. I haven't and seen he, that.
1: he didn't walk onto that campus until I think about July. I mean, he learned that playbook. I, I mean, look, I, I do have him lower than most, but I do think there's there's stats that I like.
2: So, so let me ask you this. Um, I've never seen Team Aerial Dominator recorded anywhere. What is that? Is that actually measuring air yards?
1: No, what I'm measuring is the number of yards that he had to the team passing yards.
2: Oh, so just Dominator.
1: Yeah, well, uh,
2: yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Well, okay, I can counter with two things. Now, it doesn't mean that it's – again, it doesn't mean it's 100% accurate, but traditionally speaking, I measure both of those as well, Dominator ratings and yards per catch, and neither have correlation to fantasy points. But, but, again – that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean the dude can't be a stud. Like this is just traditionally speaking. That's I, I love that. We can give two different perspectives. That makes us fun.
0: Well, and with John's energy, he actually doesn't even have to use a microphone. It's, uh, ah! it's oh, I, know, super, I love it. super impressive. <laughs> um, so I heard this uh, Bucky Brooks was talking about uh, getting in the elevator with uh, Jameson Williams dad and uh, Jameson Williams dad took that time to say, Hey, uh, I saw your top five list and my son's not number one. And I I would like to ask why. And uh, then he said, you know, hey, how would you come up with the name Jameson? And he said, my name's James. It's James' son. Uh, So that's why he's Jameson. Uh, So our our number three is Traylon Burks. Um, So you were a little bit higher than I was on him. So, John, you can start us off with Traylon Burks.
1: And I understand. He's definitely, I believe, the most polarizing prospect in this draft class. There are people who have them. Number one, I don't. And then I've seen people outside the top five. So he's pretty much all over the place. But I do like him. I like big physical receivers. And I get it. If you want a separator, this isn't your guy. And I'll say this all the time. I don't want Daniel Jones or Derek Carr to be his quarterback. Because they don't have the chutzpah to throw him the ball. I need a quarterback who just sees one-on-one coverage and says, young man, go get the goddamn ball. Because all I know against SEC West competition, when that young man is one-on-one, he just beats people up physically. And the great quarterbacks, 40 years watching NFL quarterback play, every great quarterback throws a ball where you're like, oh, can I say something rude? Shit. What are you doing? And the guy makes a goddamn play. Everyone from Brett Favre, John Elway, Dan Marino, Dan Fouts, um, Roger Staubach, Terry Bradshaw. I have never, ever seen a quarterback who's great, who doesn't let his receiver make a play. Why does Derek Carr drive me absolutely nuts? He has to see it open to throw it. Doesn't work in the NFL that way, young man. You've got to throw an anticipatory pass. And when you see the single coverage, throw him the goddamn ball. If I see Traylon Burks one on one, 20 yards down the field, I'm throwing him the goddamn ball. He just is physically at 225, and he's not DK Metcalf. He's not that dominant of a prospect. I'm not worried about the 40 um, the yard dash on film. It's unbelievable. I, I love him. The ceiling's incredible. The ceiling is incredible, but he does have a very low floor.
0: Well, yeah, we just need to get him paired up with Ryan Fitzpatrick somehow. And oh, we'll be that'd be, that's a
1: perfect guy, right? If Fitz just threw the ball, screw it. That's why Brandon Marshall is so good with the Jets. Yeah. Fitz literally just said, oh, go ahead, Brandon, make a play. Yeah, Constantly. he's
0: he's watching the play through his his, uh, his ear hole, and he's going yes. to throw it to Traylon Burke. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's teams out there, and you speak about a uh, YOLO type of a quarterback. Well, there's one in New Orleans. His name's Jameis Winston. That's another one that could be out there, and and that could be a spot for them, um, because Traylon Burks, you, know, they, if he went to Atlanta, that would be very surprising at the eight spot, or, or you know, the Jets at ten. But the the Saints are picking twice in the middle of the draft. Then you have you know you have the. The Packers have two firsts. The Chiefs have two firsts. There's a lot of different options out there. And um, yeah, there's 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 definitely a few YOLO quarterbacks out there, and Jameis Winston is um, he's definitely the prototype. So Jake, what are your what are your thoughts on Traylon Burks?
2: Um, I actually like him a lot. I can't I can't give his specific ranking. Um, but but yeah, I do like him a lot. Um I've got some comps for you. I've already done his comps. Uh, Des Bryant, Mike what? Evans. Kenny Britt, Inkil Harry, and Laqu- uh, Laquan Treadwell. And I'm not going to say his name, but there's another rookie in this class that comps extremely well with him.
0: Well, I love that Ken- Kenny Britt was. That's actually
2: good. the best comp for him right there, Kenny Britt.
1: Kenny Britt was good. He had one really good
2: year. Uh, just, yeah, but yeah. a lot of people got. I, I haven't, I don't think I released that one, but, but people would get very upset if they saw that like, Kenny Britt. Is the best comp on that list when Mike Evans and Des Bryant are there, but Kenny Britt's just like as far as size, speed, um, and then when we look at those metrics that I that I care about, he's just a little bit closer. So all a range of outcomes. But Kenny yeah. Britt was an elite prospect. That's what people forget. Just because he didn't pan out, doesn't mean that Trey Long can't pan out. Trey Long dominated in the SEC.
1: Like and Jake, Kenny Britt had Jeff Fisher. So never underestimate the Jeff oh. Fisher factor.
2: I mean, you yeah. see the the Titan shit. Like I yeah. I, I know, bro. I do <laughs> not like Jeff Fisher. Um, but um I forgot what I was gonna say. He'll come back to me.
0: You're good. You're good. I got a car alarm going off over here. So um let me go make sure my car's not being stolen. And John, talk about Drake, uh, Drake London.
1: Drake London, I cannot believe that this young man. What a difference he made in one season. If you watch three seasons, seasons of him I have, at USC, they definitely identified their ex-receiver as their main star. Two years ago, it was Michael Pittman. He was force-fed the football. He was unbelievable. Then they moved Amon Ra St. Brown, force-fed him the football. Unbelievable. And Drake London was playing inside the first two years on campus. And my partner, Matt Hicks, and I debated. I was pro-Drake London. He didn't like his inability to separate. And I understood that. But I said, my theory was, i like to see him go to the outside. Well, luckily for me in the NFL, USC did the smart thing. You take a 6'4", 219-pounder, you move him to the X. And they just peppered the man with silly targets. What do you have, like eight games, 120 targets, some ridiculous number? And what do you have, like eight, 119 targets, 88 receptions? What I like about him so much, his versatility. You can play him at the X, the Z, or the slot. You can play him wherever you want. I do think eventually he'll be an X outside receiver. But he's physical, and he wins at the catch point. If you're looking for a separator, Drake London's not your guy. But he can beat you in so many other ways, and you've got to be able to throw him the football. His hands are great. His catch rate, 71%. And if you're not a diehard USC fan like me, or college football, I should say, he had a lot of different quarterbacks this year. That's an impressive catch rate. And and those quarterbacks, one was a freshman, and the other one transferred to Pitt. Drake London's the real deal. I like him a lot, my friends.
0: Jake. Just what are, some, what are a couple uh, couple thoughts on, on Drake London?
2: Absolutely. So, first, I remembered exactly what I was going to say because you brought it up again. You're talking about separating. For me, I don't care how somebody gets open. If you aren't open and you catch the ball, that's all I care about. That's the beauty of it. Like when people are like, I don't know if he can separate him. Like, Why do you care? He catches the ball. Isn't that all we really care about in fantasy? It's a, a statistics yeah. game, not a how much separation or, you know, like I just don't care about that at all. I mean, it's great if he, he does create separation, but the real thing I care about is catching the ball. Um, I love that you brought up Amon Raw and Michael Pittman because those, both, both of those players went on to excel in at least you know year one, year two in the NFL. And guess who the better prospect is of those three?
1: Oh, Drake's the best of the three. Oh, yeah.
2: Drake yeah. is a stud. He's my number one ride receiver. I've already published that, so I can tell you all. His list of comps, Demarius Thomas, A.J. Green, Des Bryant, Alshon Jeffrey, Kenny Britton, and Kilharry. And the closest comp there is Des Bryant. Doesn't mean he's going to be Des Bryant, but dude is a stud. I think I have him ranked as my 21st wide receiver out of 701 all time prospects since
1: 2003. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. You know what? I hope he goes to the Jets because Zach Wilson has just got enough. Oof! To throw him the damn ball, I, I really hope. We, and with Elijah Moore and Drake London, that's going to be nasty.
2: It would, field. yes, it would. <laughs>
1: they
2: both I can't got wait. Really good
1: hands.
2: Yep. So, so he's one of, uh, I'll say, three guys that I really like. But when we factor in size, I don't want to give away too much here. Um, Drake London's the dude I want.
0: Yeah, and, and for me, um, you know, I was the lowest on him. And it really came down to just kind of a cluster, um, and he's just I just moved him down down the tier a little bit, um, but he does have with his size, you can't ignore the ceiling with this guy. And um, Ray Ray GQ did a really nice breakdown of him, and he talked about different kind of there's different levels of separation. And John, you alluded to that earlier with second level separation. <laughs> oh yeah, there's second level. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Some guys beat you at the line. Some yeah. people beat you at the top of the route. But he he's someone that he he can separate in different portions and people that are, you know, have, you know, fears of Laquan Treadwell or or Nikhil Harry in their their heads. Those are studs. Yeah.
2: Not in the NFL, but they were great prospects.
0: Yeah. And they're just, you know, but they, they are, you know, kind of just being pessimistic about it. And when it comes down to it, tomorrow is his pro day. And so some of the questions may be answered, may not be but there's going to be a lot of Drake London talk tomorrow um, because it is his pro day. It got moved back. He had a little bit of an injury, I think a hamstring injury. Um, so we'll, we'll see where he goes. Um, so update in the car situation was not my car, but I just want to make sure my alarm. wasn't <laughs> going off go for the next hour. I don't want my alarm to go off for the next hour. And then I have a dead battery when I get done with the episode. Um, so the next is Chris Olave and he was actually tied for fourth in our consensus. So, um, so John, Tell me a little bit about Chris Olave.
1: I like Olave, but I'm not in love with Olave. I think he has a nice floor, not an elite ceiling. And it's interesting because when I was grading Olave and Wilson last year, I was on Team Wilson. And then this is kind of anecdotal because I just love football, so I watch way too much of it. I never saw a lot of yak yards, and I never saw him break tackles. And if you've been watching the Chris Olave analysis all of this offseason, he, like, broke five tackles this year, and he doesn't gain yak yards. Now, that was just my anecdotal. Like, every time he caught the ball, he went down. You know, you can't – it's not like I'm taking notes. It's not like – that was just my thought process where I see Wilson blowing by people, you know, with the ball in his hands. So that bothers me. I Like, how can you not get yak yards as a fantasy? Jake mentioned it. We want points. Well, yak yards give us tons of points when you're getting 10 or 20 yards receiving down the field. He's a very good route runner. I like his team aerial dominator from two years ago, 34%. He's a good player, good prospect. I don't think I'd take him in the first round if I'm an NFL team, but I do think he's going to go higher than I believe. Jake.
2: So Chris Olave, hold on a second. I'm pulling up some notes here. So he does not score great in my model. He's a late declare. Um, And and it's funny, John, you were just talking about um, he's not a yak guy. He's not a yak guy. And he's also not catching a ton of passes per team attempt, which, you know, PPR, we care about that. So, yeah, I understand he went to Ohio State and some of the internal competition was good there. but, But he's just not. A lot of people. It's funny. We go back to narratives. Uh, I, I'm not going to call anybody out specifically. If he's watching, whatever, he'll be okay. But he he was talking about how Chris Olave. If he would have came out last year, he probably been a first round pick, and um, he would have been an early declare. Like, yeah, but he didn't, and so he's not an early declare. And even though he that may have been the situation, we don't know. It's speculation. So I don't know. <laughs> why it matters, but historically, I mean, I can even, I can give you examples. I mean, I made a a post today about early versus uh, late declares or senior declares. saw that. And give me just a second. I'll pull up the numbers on that. It was pretty wild. It was something like the, the hit rate for late declares was just so much lower. Oh, here it is. Give me two seconds. All right. So since 2012, Thirteen seniors have gone in the first round, so those are those are not early declares. Of those thirteen receivers, there's zero top five finishes, zero top twelve finishes, and only three cumulative top twenty four finishes. What you're oh. saying
1: is that's not good.
2: No, so that that's Chris Olave, that's Jahan Dotson, um, whoever else is not an early declared this class. I don't know off the top of my head. If you look at since two thousand two, sorry twelve. 28 early declare wide receivers were drafted in the first round. Of those 28 receivers, there's 12 total top five finishes, 23 top 12 finishes, and 43 top 24 finishes. 43 top 24 versus three. Early declare is so significant. Maybe he would have been an early declare last year. I mean, he would have been last year if he had went in, but we don't know his draft cap. It's really just not worth speculating over. Uh, It's unfortunate, but I, I just... I don't value Chris Olave as high as others.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, I haven't heard a lot of people talking about it, but I mean, COVID still is, is, you know, a wrinkle that's in the process for all these guys. And, you know, there are some guys where, you know, the reason that people didn't know much about them was because of the 2020 um, year being so condensed and such a different year, um, kind of unprecedented. So, um, so yeah, it, it's, it's good, good points. And, you know, Chris Olave is somebody that, um, he, what people were not as high on him until he ran at, at the combine and people got to be careful about that. And, and it, it happens works. every single year.
1: John um, Ross.
0: Yeah. John Ross, I mean, uh, I mean, know, guys like that. You know, these workout warriors go out and, and they run and, and they, you know, they look good. Um, and, and let's, let me, Chris Olave Chris had fans before that, and I think that's really part of why he's just risen up and people are down on the other guys because they haven't seen it. Drake London, like I said, he, he hasn't <clears throat> won yet. Once, well, one-
2: sorry, I, mean, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was excited. Uh, so, I mean, it, it goes back to the narratives thing where, where people are going to say, well, with Jameson Williams, everyone thinks sees how good he is. He, he couldn't beat out Jameson or uh, Chris Olave, Or maybe they just, Thought Chris Olave was more experienced and was a better better fit for their scheme. I mean, I'm just saying, like you can create a narrative for so many things that yeah. I just
0: yeah. You, interesting. you can definitely you can definitely go down that rabbit hole. I mean, you go, Well, how the hell did Jake Fromm start over Justin Fields? Oh, yeah. Justin Fields had a transfer. How how did Malik Malik Willis was over there in Auburn? He he didn't beat out Bo Nix, but now we're talking about him being the in you know, a first round. So there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of that. The transfers are are, are definitely interesting. And I know that even more with now with the NIL money and all that, it's going to be the wild, wild West out there. So the, you know, just kind of speed things along. I know we got to get going. Uh, Jahan Dotson is the, comes in at number six. John, tell us a little bit about Jahan Dotson. I know that, you know, the Penn State wasn't as good this year and people didn't get to see as much of him as they wouldn't pass.
1: I definitely watch a lot of Penn State this year, Um, probably too much, but I watch a lot of Big Ten football. I wish he was a little bigger, 5'11", 178. That's my first thought, and he looks small on the field. There's no question about that. Four four three is nice, but it's not great. The three-cone drill bothered me. 7.28 for his size is a little below, and Jake just kind of alluded to it, right? He he he's, he didn't come out early, so you don't have the early declare. When I watch the film, he's really impressive. But that's also the Penn State offense. They you know they weren't a great team. He's the lead dog. They pep James Franklin, the coach, peppers his number one receiver with targets. So if you watch the Nittany Lions, their number one receiver is going to get a huge target. 183 career receptions 15.1 yards per catch i like it he does seem to be open a lot he does his quickness and acceleration are unbelievable i have a second round grade but i think he might dip into the end of the first round i like him i'm not in love with him if he falls to me at value i'll take it
0: jake
2: john i pretty much agree with everything you just said Uh, i like john too uh the fact that he's a late declare holds him back. So I don't have him quite as high as you guys do. There's some guys that I want before him. But but when you look at his stats as far as his senior year, it was pretty impressive. He had a good year. It was just as a senior. So I, I just don't value that as maybe much as some other folks. So I'm just not super high on him.
0: Yeah, and for him, he may be limited um, because of the size um, and some of those other things. Where if he's used in the slot and the inside, then he's – he's got very strong hands he's got the quickness he projects more of an inside than an out receiver um and, and really that's that's going to be you know it's going to come down to scheme and fit and when you have those kind of things you want you want someone that the scheme doesn't matter um uh, you want someone that's going to be able to to create even if they're you know they're not the number one they're, they're still going to be able to to beat out the competition and fight for those targets And we'll, we'll see where he goes. There's a lot of people that have him, you know, in the end of the first round. Yeah. I
1: I don't think he'll ever get 130 targets. I don't think his body is built, you know, maybe he's an 80 to 90 max target player.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's obviously going to limit his ceiling. Um, you know, unless you're, you know, unless you're catching a touchdown every, every 10, uh, 10 of those attempts, it's going to be really hard. You've got to be a really efficient player to produce with those kind of numbers. Um, The next guy we have, George Pickens. So kind of the opposite. He's a a much, much bigger prospect. Um, John, what are your thoughts about George
1: Pickens? I'm a little down on him compared to consensus. Um, I have him lower down at my board. I have a second-round grade. I do not seem – I would not take him as an NFL team in the first round. I have not been targeting him in my dynasty drafts either he's again when i look i range of outcomes that injury hurts me he hasn't been good for two years i mean i love that freshman year also i get it right but it's been two years and georgia doesn't run a sophisticated offense i'm sorry it's not like he's coming into the nfl one of these high flying, it's not alabama it's not lsu where you should be able to step on the field like justin jefferson Jaden Waddle from day one and just hit the league running. Pickens is coming from Georgia. I get the physicality, but I've heard, I've read some things that aren't so good. Coaching staff, off the field concerns. If you watch me at that fight, he got thrown out of the game at Georgia Tech. You know he can't necessarily always control himself. I, I don't see myself having a lot of George Pickens. Yes, SEC six three one ninety five. Freshman breakout, all interesting. Injury two years ago. I have him number 10 on my board. Jake.
2: Yeah, I'm right around that, too. Again, you know, I don't want to get into detailed rankings, but he's not far off for me. He's an early declare um, with the second round projected draft capital. Those are both good, but his career average re- uh, receptions per team pass attempt is not very good. So, uniquely, it's produc- his production that's actually holding him back in my model. So, I mean, fortunately this is all weighted based on historical data and my model says he's going to be okay, but he's not somebody I'm trying to take too early.
0: Yeah, and, and the, the stuff John brought up about off the field and things like that, so that's not the first time I've heard it. Not the first time I heard it this week. Um, you know, there's uh, – someone came out was grading, you know, interviews and things
1: like that. Oh, game wow, and after... that was
2: so controversial. I don't know if you saw the.
0: <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I, well, I questioned it, got it myself. Yeah, um, I, I didn't like that either. But the f- I saw the fight on the field versus Georgia Tech. I mean, that I just – that was – I saw it live watching the game. And then, you know, has he really improved? And there's questions about taking coaching.
0: Yeah, and, and not to give too much salt to that, what that person said. But there's – other things that have been on there, like you said. And when it comes down to it, sometimes when they say nothing, that tells you a lot. When they're talking about some of these other guys and saying, wow, Sky Moore is blowing people away with his interview. And Desmond Ritter is blowing people away with his interview. Not one person said that about George Pickett. So,
2: so, so okay. Sorry to cut you off. Um, by the way, the person who did that, I don't think he had any malicious intent there. No, I think, totally I, th- so. I, th- I think, I think knowing like what he does, he does some similar things as, as myself, I spoke with him frequently. I don't think it was intended to come off that way. I do see how it was perceived that way, uh, but but th- that's um, that's a very good point though because all of those those skills, even though they might be soft skills and things we can't really, me- I guess, measure. I know he tried to do that. We can't really measure those things, but really, draft capital kind of does. So if yeah, he if he interviews well and these coaches say, "Hey, this guy interviewed really well. He seems really coachable." the draft capital is going to reflect that. So we don't really need to measure that in my opinion. Um, yeah. I, I just yeah, always when, think draft draft capital can account for so many different things that we can't really measure.
0: Yeah. When they look at guys and they say, okay, these, these guys both grade similarly, but one's an asshole. They're not going to draft that guy. And so that's, that's where it comes down to is that the, those things, when they're, when they're sitting in the draft room and two guys are on the table, they're going, Hey, this guy, I, yeah, he's he's someone that's gonna be a problem in the locker room versus hey, this guy is a leader, this guy's three time captain, this guy's got you know, never had it never had a problem. That it's a big difference. Um, so speaking of guys that are the glowing recommendations from a lot of people, it's Sky Moore. I listened to a lot of move the sticks, and, and they they you know they're very in tune with the league. And they said, you know, they may, he may not be the number one receiver on everyone's board. But he's kind of the number one receiver, and everyone's heart. He, everyone loves loves Sky Moore, and they just glow and, and light up when they talk about him. And one of the things they love about him is his toughness um, for a small receiver. And the not only did he have a high yards per catch, but he had a high volume to go with it. So you know, for him to put on what he did, uh, it was really impressive. And a lot of people, you know, really, really uh, are on the Sky Moore um, bandwagon. And want to see him in, you know in the first round he's a fringe first round player um john where do you have him
1: i have him at number seven and i do use conference and competition level it's a factor in my gradings. he's a group of five prospect and the western michigan plays in the mac and i'm sorry he hasn't seen NFL level defensive backs on a regular basis. And I just don't mean one on one. The Senior Bowl, and I, he was impressive. Senior Bowl can be a little misleading. And when you see these drills, you don't have a safety over the top like Earl Thomas is going to take your head off. You know, you can't really take their heads off anymore, but you understand what I mean. I do like him. And I'm mad that I didn't know about him last summer. He wasn't on people's radar. I had watched Dwayne Eskridge, I had broke down some film. And he just exploded for the Broncos. But then he runs a four, four, one 1, team aerial dominator 39%, 70% catch rate. Western Michigan doesn't have incredible quarterback play. It's all, okay. I mean, for the Mac, it's okay. He's 195. You you mentioned he's physically strong. Well, you know what? He has a bigger body. Like he's tougher than Jahan Dotson in my book. And I like him. If you watch Western Michigan, he played on the outside and on the inside, and I'm a big believer. I want to see that um, diversity, where you lined up and the routes you ran. I like him a lot. Jake?
2: I'm higher than both of you on this guy. Um, he's an early declare. He was very productive, um, a little bit undersized, but it, it's kind of getting interesting, and I don't want to get too much in the weeds here, but it seems like the last couple of years we're really getting a lot of Small prospects that are top prospects. I mean, you look at Devonte Smith, Elijah Moore, uh, Rondell Moore, Wondell Robinson, and now we've got Sky Moore too. Like these guys are being undervalued because of their size, um, but but they're really producing at a high level. And some of those guys are doing it against the SEC. Now I know Sky Moore is not there, but he is the third most productive player in this class, according uh, as far as the career average receptions per team pass attempt. Hold on, out of, and that's out of like 50 prospects, I think. So that's really good. Um I've got him with second round draft capital right now. And no, I have him with third round draft capital and that's an early declare and he still scores really well. If he gets day 2 capital, he might take overtake a couple guys. I really like him.
0: Love it. Love it. So the next guy on the board is Christian Watson. So, this guy is someone, you know, talk about someone that people didn't really know about and now everyone knows the name. (laughs) Um, What are your thoughts, John, about Christian Watson?
1: I like him. I'm not as in love with him as other people. I have Sky Moore above Christian Watson. I I understand the athleticism, but he's a fifth year, right? Isn't this, didn't he play at North Dakota for five years? I think so. So, he's been around a long time, which, you know, he really just broke out, and I understand North Dakota State is a run-based offense. I get that, but he only has 105 career receptions because very late and before he really came on the radar. 6'4", 208. I can't believe he's getting first-round buzz. I want him to do well. I have a second-round grade on him. I think he's a little one-dimensional as a route runner, but you know that's kind of looked anecdotal watching some film. I think he's really good at the deep patterns. I question his elite separation. How's he going to handle it, the NFL, against that level of competition, especially when he gets pressed? You know, he has the size for it, but can he handle it mentally? I like him. Second round draft in my second round grade. Jake?
2: I agree with a lot of what John just said. I think. I think – I think people are in love with that size and speed yeah. and they're overlooking some things that, that I don't think you should be overlooking. Um, so first off, we're talking about a guy's getting first round buzz who was really not even that productive at um, what is the F F sorry, FCS or F sorry.
1: F C S Conference. Right. Conference. <laughs> right.
2: So also like, you know, you make a good point with, you're saying, well, they're more of a run first team. And again, I try and avoid narratives. But if 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 that player is a first round talent in the NFL, as long as, if your coach isn't an idiot, and maybe I give too much faith in coaches, you should be throwing you should be peppering that guy with targets. Right? There's no way that a guy with that production in the FCS deserves to go in the first round. In my opinion, I, ju- I just don't I see it. Again, you see the size, you see the speed. But that's that's not that's not what makes a good football player. I mean, I can I can throw you I can show a thousand examples of players who are smaller who are more successful and players that are slower that are more successful. That is not a necessity to be good. Now, if it like for me, I kind of use like size and speed as like a way to separate players within a single tier. So if I have three guys that are all scoring really closely in my model, I'm like, all right, this dude's the biggest. I like bigger players over smaller players. Not to say that that's necessarily that way. That's just like a personal thing. But I just don't see it with Christian Watson. And a lot of Twitter disagrees, and they can come argue I'm, I'm here uh, for it. I want all the smoke.
1: He also and, played with an NFL quarterback in Trey Lance. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he had everything you want yeah. to be successful, and there were no numbers there.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah, and, and he he is a Twitter darling. Absolutely. Yes, Every he single is. year there's always one uh, or a couple, but you know, it's almost the opposite with Alec Pierce, and and he's being you know, he's similar, you know, similar size weight speed combo and people, they they argue completely against the fact that he played in Cincinnati. He didn't really play against anybody except playing against Sauce Gardner in practice. Um, and he's not getting a lot of hype. He did not make our top 10. Um, but just real quick,
1: as far as Alec Pierce, you guys like him? Uh I'm not sold on him. The numbers are not pretty. The numbers are not pretty. I get
2: comfortable throwing out rankings on players that are this bad. Give me wide receiver 17 of this class. Not impressed. Not impressed. It, his career average receptions per team pass attempt, it's like .6. For, for, for uh, comparison, Wondell Robinson was .21. Sky Moore's like .18. So .6 I'm, is I'm,
1: bad. Jake, I have him at 16, so we're in the same ballpark. Hell yeah. <laughs>
2: so, well, we got a lot we're agreeing on,
0: John. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I think I got him at 14 or 15. Um, number one consensus was Garrett Wilson. Jameson Williams was, was two. Traylon Burks was three. Drake London and Chris Olave were our consensus four. That was just John and I. Then Jahan Dodson, six. Uh, Sky Moore and George Pickens were, were our seven. Christian Watson at nine. John Mechie came in at ten. We haven't talked about Mechie. Johnny. you were higher on him than I am. Let's talk about John Mechie.
1: I get it. It's a difficult profile because there are things that I like, and then there's some numbers. We still don't have a speed score. Right? I don't think he had his pro day because he had the injury. As I mentioned before, he did not play in the championship game. I believe he got hurt in either the SEC championship game or the semifinal game. I forgot which one, but he did not play against Georgia in the championship. He only averaged 13.4 yards per catch. But if you look at his arc, he had a weird yards per catch. There were seasons where they ran him on short routes and underneath and clear. And then one year he had like a breakout, like 17 yards per catch because they were throwing him the ball deep down the field. So he's ran a lot of different routes and they've used them in different ways at Alabama. And his teammate scores off the hook. I mean, he, he played with like five number one draft picks. I think the NFL is going to like him a lot more than Twitterverse is going to. They're going to look at SEC West. They're going to see Alabama. He's coming out after three years, 5'11", 187. I think he's a second-round pick. I have a second-round grade. I think he's a professional receiver with a limited ceiling, a very nice floor. Jake?
2: Yeah, uh, he, he comes out as a pretty interesting prospect for me in the sense of, He's got decent draft cap. I've got him projected early third. Um, his career average receptions per team pass attempt is point one. That's not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. His size is oh, is he's a pretty small guy, but he is an early declare. And the fact that he's an early declare going in the early third that says that the NFL generally values him. I mean, third in the third early third especially, and maybe he's late second. I don't know, but he, he's an interesting prospect for me as well. Um. I'm kind of surprised, actually, that you guys are have a similar rank on me. I felt like Twitter was mostly higher than I was
0: on him. But,
2: yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not far off from, from consensus here.
0: Yeah, and, and with Mechie and some of these other guys, it, it sometimes it just, you know, Move the Sticks talks about going to the ice cream shop and just, you know, you, you want a certain flavor. And if you're looking for a slot receiver or you're looking for, uh, you know, certain types, you may have them higher on the board or lower on the board. And you could see him slide because nobody needs that type of receiver. Or you could see him move up the board. If someone goes, hey, he's the perfect slot receiver for my offense. I can plug him, play him day one. So I got the last guy on the board was Wando Robinson. He's 11 for us because he was my 10. Um, John, what are your thoughts about Wando Robinson?
1: I'm very concerned about five eight one seventy eight. I loved what he did at Kentucky. He had one of the great seasons. I mean, he had that Rondell Moore in 2000. What was that? 2018, his rookie season. Watch Robinson coming out of Nebraska. and Nebraska didn't know how to use him. I give the man incredible credit. Transfers up. You don't usually see these guys transfer up in level of competition. Went to school without a prolific passing game. And just absolutely blew the doors off of everything. Statistically, it is almost unparalleled. But I keep going back, 5'8", 178. Not a lot of comps for wide receivers who are successes in the NFL at 5'8", 178. So I have him at number 12. Uh, If the value falls to me, I'll take it. But I'm very worried about him long-term.
0: Jake, I'm I'm excited.
2: John, first off, how many examples of players at his size do we have that weren't successful in the NFL?
1: Probably not many. <laughs> right. Yeah. So
2: that's one of my favorite
1: points to make.
2: Um, Wandel, in my opinion, is the most underrated player in this draft. And um, I have to throw this out there, but I promise you my my analysis is completely objective. This isn't like a within-tier adjustment. I don't like uh, small receivers, especially when it comes to within-tier. but. This guy scores in a tier with three other players, so I have him at the bottom of the tier because of his size, but he still scores really well. We're talking .21 career average receptions per team pass attempt. And what's interesting about this is people create narratives like, "Well, you need to throw out, um, you need to throw out Wisconsin." Well, that's what people are trying to do with um, Kenneth Walker. Well, you got to throw away Wake Forest because that was a shitty offense. Well, guess what? I didn't throw away Nebraska with wandel and he's still coming in as a top dog because he's his career average is is really good even at nebraska um he's an early declare and this is more uh just back back information not really hard to, uh not really something that goes in my analysis but a lot of people are like well he did you know um he did that in the sec i'm like dude he did that in the sec on a run first team
1: Run first, yes. who who you know
2: they have no other passing options. It's going to Wandell, and the SEC is some of the best defenses league, and and he still produced that, knowing <laughs> that he's the guy they're throwing the ball to. It's like um, I don't know. So this kind of goes back to the conversation of a lot of smaller players are, are starting to, at least the last couple of years, are starting to uh, get high draft. Yeah, we saw Devontae Smith tiny as far as weight. What do you wait One sixty nine. So Wondell's at least heavier. Well, obviously Wandell short. Rondell more similar comps, except Rondell Moore did early in his career, whereas Wandel progressed in the SEC. So that's really good. Um, I'm not trying to oversell him, but he's being valued as, like, what, late second, early third in dynasty uh, drafts. And I- I've come out and said he's my wide receiver five this class. So I'm blown away the fact that um, he's being taken so late. Obviously, I'm not saying take him as your fifth wide receiver. I'm saying – T- trade back get a little bit of value and then and then grab them but yeah. i think the dude's going to be a stud uh, i really do and it's just it's just so interesting that that people love and again like i don't prefer small players like why would i want somebody smaller when nfl players are typically bigger but if the dude can do that in the sec against players that are likely going to the nfl why can't he do it in the nfl so that i guess that's my two cents on it analytically dude's a boss I know there's a few other data nerds who, who are right there with me, but a lot of people are just throwing it away because of uh, because of the size. But I mean, anything after tier one, in my opinion, for all positions, this class, it's just a it's, they're all risky. The only guys that are guaranteed there's for me there's four guaranteed players this class. That's it. After that, you're already gambling. Why not gamble on the dude who who has a prolific profile?
0: Yeah, he went three three last night in a super flex mock draft.
2: Yeah, it's that's crazy. I grabbed them like 212 on uh, another league and I'm just like, man. And uh, you know what the worst part is? I play I'm, I'm a Kentucky alumni, right? So so oh. I watched them play again, but this is objective all the stuff that I just said is directly numbers. It's not me doing any alter altering. Um so I play in a league with players who all go to Kentucky and and because they're all Kentucky nerds, somebody's going to get them before me because ah. they all love Kentucky and I'm pissed about it. <laughs> So pissed
0: about it. Well, um, so we're we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the show. We went through our, our top 10. Um, John, is there any other names, not to give analysis or anything, any other names that we didn't mention that you think is someone that you know could see could see some rise in two weeks?
1: I'm a big fan of Khalil Shakur. Um, Dave and I talked about it before I came on. I like him, and I'm very fascinated in the draft capital of Justin Ross. The NFL will tell us about his medicals. I mean, we don't know. The NFL, if they draft him in the third round, they feel pretty good about the medicals. If he goes on day three, I have my real major concerns about Justin Ross. Jake.
2: All right. Yeah, I got one guy. Uh, We'll do a little trivia. So there are, give me just a second. I'm scrolling through a little bit of data. Two players who in this class had 0.21 career average receptions per team pass attempt. One was Wandell and the other player was not mentioned. So David a highly Bell. productive player, does anybody have a guess, was
0: not named. Is it David Bell?
2: No, how I... the hell did we not mention David? Y'all don't have David Bell in your top ten?
0: No, that was, I, I, I was going to mention, but yeah, that was my guess.
2: Oh, no, that's not him. But yeah, I didn't recognize that you guys missed him. I definitely have him in my top ten. Um, it's a different guy. Um, any more guesses?
1: I'm going to maybe, just maybe, because the offense is so bad. Bo Melton? No. Okay. It was Jareth Stearns. Oh, the kid.
2: Western was... Kentucky kid. Um, yeah. um so, so I guess it's a guy that I want to keep an eye on. Um, I'd like to do this exercise where I remove draft capital and we'll assume, um, that, that that matters for whatever reason. We, if we were to do remove draft capital from my model and we just look at production and early declare, Jareth Stearns is one of the top players. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot because he played it in, um, Sun Belt Conference. I don't know if it changed. It's what it used to be. Um, and then, obviously, he was getting peppered by what, what's that dude's name? Quarterback? Somebody help me out here.
1: Oh, um, they, Oh my God. Why yeah, Bailey Zap. Zappi. Zappi.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's getting peppered. I know Bailey Zappi had a ton of passes this year. I think he had more pass attempts than anybody else in this class. Um, so I'm sure that that impacted it. But Jerry Stearns was super productive. I'd like to see him get some draft capital. I think he could be a guy that um that's worth a, a late round flyer.
0: Yeah, so the guy I was going to mention was David Bell. Um, Shocked!
2: I cannot so, believe we didn't have him.
0: Well, yeah, and so I just want to mention him out there, where he's someone that you know I think NFL teams are going to like him more than the combine freaks, and um, you're going to see him bounce back because he was—I mean, he was a middle second, early second round pick earlier in mock drafts, and now he's slipping to the third. Um, he went—I think he went three hundred one in this one that I did yesterday. So um, I think he's—he's going to be a riser.
2: Real quick, um, I forgot to give Wandell's um, comps. So I, 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 he was a very hard player to comp, by the way. So I do want to throw these out. I know we're on time crunch, so I'll keep it quick. But Wandell actually was able to find four players who had very similar production, uh, declare and draft capital. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, Ooh. who was obviously a little bit faster, um, Elijah Moore, Rondo Moore, and KJ Hamler. Um, ironically, two of those guys were in the last class. Um, but Elijah Moore is actually his best comp. I know, um, they're not necessarily getting the same draft capital as of right now, but those are the two that are the most similar there. So I thought that was really interesting. Another guy I was super high on last year. A lot of people weren't, but we'll, I mean, it could be wrong. We'll see. We'll see what happens. And ironically, Wandel or uh, not, no, not Rondell, but, um, I always confuse those two Wandel Moore or sorry, Wondell Robinson and Rondell Moore. I knew I was going to confuse those two at some point just because their names, they're almost the same type of player, same height, and their names are almost exactly the same. It's weird. It's my spiel. I got nothing.
0: No, you're good. You're good. So, um, well, everyone, I appreciate your I appreciate your guys' time. You've been gracious with your time and knowledge. Um, everyone, make sure you give these guys a follow. Any parting words before we get out of here, John?
1: No, just thanks for having me on. Nice meeting you, Jake. It's been a pleasure tonight, man. So I love talking rookies. I can't wait. We're less than two weeks away, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I yep. can't wait to see the draft capital. And then I always rearrange my rankings after draft capital comes in.
0: Jake, anything?
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely, John. Nice to meet you as well. I, I, like I said, man, I really enjoy your energy. And uh, you brought a good background. You had some very um, different perspectives of me. And I always, I always like to hear what other people think. So that was good. Um, Dave, as always, man, thanks for having me. I have a blast every time I'm on here. So so thank you.
0: Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Hope to do this again after the draft and, and be able to talk about how things change. So have a great night, guys, and thank you for your time.
2: Later, gents.